If someone calls someone out of the blue and says, hey, can you tell me about asset-based lending? They don't want to spend their time trying to explain to you something. They don't have that time. As we make more and more money, we don't have time to sit down with someone that wants to waste our time. And portals are created and relationships are built to save those companies and institutions time. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. These guys are trying to make me giggle before we hit the go button. Hilarious. If this is your first time at Big Fat Real Estate Checks, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm joined today with uh, Francesco Galluccio, who is in my living room right now, uh, not too creepy whatsoever, who was originally from Canada, actually originally from Italy, uh, migrated to uh, Canada, and now is in the United States, as is uh, Gabriella Lara, who is from Montreal and now lives in uh, Florida. And my name is Marco Kozlowski, and uh, this is all about big fat real estate checks, how to acquire assets using none of your own money or credit using skills. Once you have a certain level of skill sets, they're very specialized series of skill sets and access to tools. You never need your money again. You use other and leverage other people's money in order to acquire cash flowing assets because of how deals are structured. And if you have not listened to the first 10 of these episodes, please do. Episode one through 10 explains asset-based lending, explains how we keep the lender safe and how you are also protected with credit and you're actually protected by not using your credit, I should say, and without you really putting any money down at all because the equity that you have acquired into the asset is the equity that's necessary in order to get the lending, protecting the lender considerably. Funnily enough, <laughs> today we're gonna talk about asset-based lending. I get quite a few texts, emails, requests, of humans that uh, are really curious uh, to communicate directly with an asset-based lender. Uh, hey, I want to talk to, I've called 10 banks, 15 banks, 20 banks, and I, I, I ask about asset-based lending and they basically tell me to pound send, they tell me to fuck off. So I'm really skeptical that asset-based lending is a real viable option. So they insist on wanting to talk to an asset-based lender. And I understand that. So that's kind of what I want to discuss today is uh, A, the the circling back to episode one, two, and three uh, with a little bit more depth and how things really work and really hopefully answer a lot of those questions. So let's go. Number one, all of us are asset-based lenders. Frank, myself, Gabe, we all lend. Before I get into rattling off a whole bunch of asset-based lenders other than the three of us, just so you understand economics, let's do a quick math lesson. If you are a lender and have a 30% equity play, meaning that you are lending 70 and there's 30 left on the value of the asset, whenever there's a default, you're basically getting a 30% equity play on 70% of the value of the asset. So it's basically 30 over 70. And if you do 30 over 70, right? 30 over 70. Am I wrong, Gabe? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not sure if the listener is getting this or if using actual numbers would be okay, more beneficial. Okay, let's, say let, let's make it easy then. You lent out 70000 and there's $30,000 in profit after you sold it. Because the property's you, worth a hundred. Hundred, right? So 30 plus 70 is a hundred. Forgive me if I was going ahead of myself here. My genius is to make things simple, and I think I just lost my genius there for a second. So if you lend out 70, and it's worth 100, and you sell it, and you made 30, how's that? 
You take 30 divided by 70 and you're at over 40% return on your investment. So the math is that if you're a lender and there's a default, you go from whatever eight, nine, six, seven, eight interest rate to basically 40% equity. I'm um, 40% cash on cash return. So if you're lending, let's say $45,000 is the yearly payment and the cash flow is 100, as soon as there's two months of default, you automatically get that money, meaning that your payment goes from 45,000 that you were supposed to get per year Let's call it, you could even call it $4,000 a month to $8,000 a month because now you're getting the entire net instead of just the interest on the money that you lent. So you're not only doubling your returns on a monthly basis, you're also making a 40% spread should you decide to sell the property. So you're very, very safe as a lender as long as it's structured correctly. So the economics and the math make it a no-brainer for anyone with money. And anyone that has a significant or institutions that have a significant amount of money understand this. And as you get higher and higher in the values of these assets, there are even insurance companies that are asset-based lenders. They have to place their money somewhere and they place their cash based on not the credit worthiness of the individual, but the value of the asset. And the bigger the value of the asset, the bigger the players are. You got these huge equity funds that will only lend some are a minimum five million. If you don't have, we don't lend anything under five or we don't lend anything under one. And it's actually easier to get more money than it is to get a little bit of money. I say easier because most people think that finding a lot of money is harder. It's actually not because there's a lot of big money out there and they need to do something with it that's safe, that is risk adverse, and that is going to protect their money for a long period of time. And asset-based lending is that solution. A credit-based lender looks at your credit, they lend you a lot of the money, there's very little equity, and in most cases, you're buying at retail. So there's not a lot of spread for the bank to be protected other than your credit. So that's why they want you to co-sign or you to sign on the dotted line and risk your entire estate, your family, your name, your credit, everything that you have on this one deal. And that to me is terrifying. And most deals that, I think all of the deals that we've done. I don't think there's one deal that I've done that has a, there's one time where I had to personally guarantee for one year and that was it. I had a personal guarantee on one time on one year. So I don't know if we wanna noodle that around between us as far as the risk and the returns and the math. Thanks Gabe, by the way, for keeping me in check there. Appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Uh, to make sure that it's clear. <laughs> so before we get into, here's a list of lenders that you can connect with. Before we even go into that direction, I just wanna make sure everyone understands the math and the sheer basically genius of making sure that the deal is structured in a way where the lender cannot lose. There's only an upside for the lender if me as the borrower, me as the student, me as the person that's looking for the money doesn't keep my promise, everybody around me wins. Which means that if I just doubled your money and I wanna borrow again tomorrow, you think I'm gonna be able to get the money? So fucking lootly, because I'm a bonehead, I don't keep my promises, and you're expecting a 10% return and you're making a 40% return. So you're making someone a lot of money by not keeping your promises, which is exactly how this is structured. No, a lot of, um, just to add to that, a lot of asset-based lenders, actually I think most of them, they're rarely institutions, financial institutions, they're private equity firms or just private equity where they have brokers soliciting 
and looking for prospects like yourselves and ourselves when the deal's right the numbers make sense like you said they have a 30 percent equity at stake where in case there is fluctuation with the market like there is now well it's going up now but if it goes down they have a little bit of a reassurance and that is their personal guarantee and like you said marco if they do default they're actually going to yield a lot more than just on the interest throughout the whole loan term i think even financial institutions in canada they would love to do something like that but a lot of government there's a lot of red tape that the government dictates where they have to go through a stress test or have a certain credit rating because the government's trying to always protect the people but sometimes it kills the capitalism of it and i think a lot of banks want to do what you just described but they can't because government interference but banks won't but that's why there's a big private lending community too in canada because of those in fact those restrictions make their business a lot easier because most people won't qualify because of these i guess the stress test as you mentioned in canada so the private lenders come in and they scoop up all that business because they don't really care that much about your credit worthiness they're more concerned about the value of the property and if you default you know what can we do with it what kind of returns are we going to get on that property so anybody really can be an asset-based lender and that's i think the message that you need to hear as a listener is it's not because you hear asset-based lender that it means that it's you know financial institution or a big corporation i mean there can be there are big like marco said insurance companies there's some private equity funds i know i was trying to get an asset-based loan for someone and i called this firm out of new york who does this and they're like well listen if your loan is not six million dollars minimum we're not even interested it's just not enough juice for us to make money they're interested in much larger deals but if you have a 20 million dollar deal they'll jump on that like right away and so that's what marco was saying about it's sometimes even easier to get the big money than it is the small money because there is a pool of lenders that have so much capital sitting on the sidelines and they just need to make a return with it but making returns on a million by million basis is not really just the work involved in doing the it's just not worth it to them but anybody can be an asset-based lender and whether it's just an individual or it's a smaller company or even a larger company everybody can make an asset-based loan so they're pretty much all over the place it's just up to you to present it the right way as well it comes down to deal structure yeah and if you contact we have a handful of asset based lenders that we have relationships with and this is also very much a relationships business if someone calls someone out of the blue and says hey can you tell me about asset based lending they don't want to spend their time trying to explain to you something they don't have that time I don't want to explain to somebody how to buy a piece of real estate. That's what I have educational products for. I have videos that will explain that. As we make more and more money, we don't have time to sit down with someone that wants to waste our time. And portals are created and relationships are built to save those companies and institutions time. Because some are institutional or have branches that are institutional. I know Chase has an asset-based lending arm, but it has to be $5 million plus. And unless you have that relationship, unless you know which channels to go through, they don't want to talk to the little guy. And the beauty of having an organization such as ours, where you have a portal that you can input your deal information in, because that's really the next conversation, is that each lender has a different taste for a different state and county. In uh, Cleveland, uh, it's Cocohega County, which is a very difficult county to foreclose in and i have lenders that will never lend the lend in ohio but never in cocohega county and i know of three lenders that will only lend in cocohega county in cleveland and if you were to contact them the first question they're going to ask you is tell me more about your deal 
And if you don't have an answer, you're blacklisted. You're wasting their time. So for me to start sending out and giving out, here's this person's info, here's this person's info, here's this person's info, is actually just ruining my relationships with these people. And the last thing I want to do is to make someone happy and really to placate your disbelief, which that's not my problem, it's your problem really, to sacrifice that relationship for one person for the greater good of the whole community just doesn't make sense. I'm going to protect my relationships I'm voraciously against those that choose to waste other people's time. I don't want to waste your time, and you will definitely not waste ours either. We covet our time. We're always complaining on how little time we have in a day and how much we wish we had more time to get things done and without sacrificing sleep. So, and I know, Frank, you've lent many times. Gabe, I know you have as well. We're constantly lending. Our students, you're both students. Are, the reason we want our students to make money not only to take care of each other, sorry, Frank, to have taken the, you know, to say, hey, Frank, oh, let me take this back, is as our students make more money like you and, you know, Gabe have done, now you have money, now you got to lend it. And you're even saying, I have money, I got to use. I got to use this money. Yeah. Because money is decaying every single fucking day. And if you're a student and you've already made money and you lend money knowing that, hey, if this person sucks at operations, they don't make the right decisions, I'm going to say operations by not following process because you're supposed to follow my process to get the best managers, to get the best operators. There's checks and balances on that. And you got paid a closing and you just next time don't be lazy and go find another one and don't screw it up. That's the cost of business. Yeah. And student doubles their money by doing it. Thank you very much. On to the next one. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry about that. No, I just wanted to add what you mentioned before. Not only are some lenders geographically restricted, that's part of their criteria, but some of them are asset-based, where basically in terms of the asset class, so some of them will lend strictly on uh, single families or residential, and some of them on mobile home parks. That's all they do. And some of the multifamilies and some of the hospitality. So each one has their own criteria, their own forte. But I wanted to mention sometimes lenders, asset-based lenders will require a credit check. They're not asking for a credit check for your credit worthiness. It's how they determine what the interest rates are going to be. So if you have, you know, a 600 FICO score or a risk. seven or whatever risk, they're like, all right, they still have that insurance, that equity in play, but they're just basically basing it on, okay, well, what's the probability of this? Yeah, the likelihood of this individual defaulting. If they do, let's increase the interest rate. So if you do have a good credit, not that they're using the credit in the event of default, they're using it to establish what interest rates they're going to be charging you. So if you got good credit, you may get like a 5.5%. If you got shitty credit, you may be up in the eights and nines. And that's just, again, that risk tolerance, right, for that. But also going back to default, wasn't going to mention on that, on the default, because a lot of them don't lend this specific, there's a lot of residential, by the way, lenders that do on the actual future value, the ARV, the after repaired value. But a lot of them don't lend very low amounts they do have minimums and the reason for that is because if you default they know they got to dish out some money for foreclosures for the lawyers for the courts for all that jazz or whatever so that's what we're saying also it's sometimes easier where it's a million dollars and above and a lot of these lenders want a million dollars and above only because they have enough money they'll have enough equity and they'll have enough to cover their cost in the event you do default yeah if you borrow thirty thousand dollars and it cost and you're charging eight percent interest and it costs five thousand dollars for foreclosure you're upside down pretty quickly well basically you're going to need two years to even to break even which means what's the point point? and that's where private money comes in and there's an ask for every seat 
there's some deals are small and the way they're structured it's good for a beginner so smaller deals are good for more beginners and do it more like our fund does where we have paperwork that avoids foreclosure where it's automatically assigned through trusts and anyway it's I don't want to get into the structures of this but through uh, paperwork and contracts you basically lose control if you default after 60-day period and it's fair you have 60 days to fix things and if you don't, you're a bonehead and walk away, go on to the next one. Just peace of mind, man. And all of us have lost assets. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have broken promises. And you learn that way. And you can bitch, moan, and complain, but the only person that you should be bitching, moaning, and complaining to is the person that you're looking at in the mirror. Just take responsibility for the things that went wrong and fix it and do it better next time. It's not the end of the world. You just made someone else money. You should be grateful that you have a channel to be able to go get more money and not have your credit screwed because of it. Yeah. No problem, no problem whatsoever. So having the right access to the community, the right channels, the right group that specializes in asset based lending. We have a portal in our membership area for those that are members where you can submit your deal and then have lenders go after it for you to streamline the process, not only for you as a student, but for the lenders as well, so they don't have to talk to you. They just get an underwriting package. They say, okay, this is what we can do because we have the list of things that are necessary. It's pushed out and then offers come back in and it's streamlined. And a lender today might not want to lend on something tomorrow. These are very nimble, sometimes could be a family office. If you have no idea what that is, Google it. It could be a company that just specializes in lending. It could be a group of our students or a student that just nailed it on a deal and now has to recycle their money and the income that they're making now they want to lend out because if there is a default now they just back ended into another deal i know uh, we raj out of toronto once he hit well over 300 doors all he does now is lend it's all he does and his interest money bought him a house in tampa so you know it's a very neat cycle it's a very neat community that i've created that really helps other students and just to give a quick description is it's like going into a gay bar and wondering why you can't find someone of the opposite sex that really is attracted to you. If you look in the wrong place, you're going to get the wrong result. That's all I got to say about that. Good analogy. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> That's pretty <not> clear. So. <laughs> can't ask you to clarify that one more. Well, it's <laughs> just because you're doing something doesn't mean you're looking in the right place or even asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. And I hate to tell you, but there are over 6,000 lenders plus in the United States. And even if you call 10 or 12 of them, well, you got... 5,990 to go. Keep at it. And those might not even be the ones that you should be looking for. So knowledge is extremely powerful. And once you understand A, the economics, because that's important to understand first is why we did it first, is if you can generate a decent rate of return and if the promises aren't kept, you triple that return or quadruple it, it's a no-brainer. Everyone wants to lend money on that. And now it's just a matter of finding the right humans or institutions or groups that really understand that and that want to push their money forward in that direction. But it's also on you, the student, or I guess the lender, the borrower, to have your ducks in a row when you're looking for a lender. Just having a contract and saying, all right, I need a, an asset-based lender. Oh my God, no. It's, that's something that, I don't know, I see a lot. And it's not the way it works. I mean, just like anything else. I mean, a, hey, I'm 18. I'm ready to have kids. Let's go have sex and make some babies. That's just not the way it works. There's a process to it. You're going to have to find a mate. There's so much that needs to be prepared first. And oh, yeah. it's the same thing on your, <laughs> it's the same thing in the deal. Like you have a contract. That's great. You know what? That's actually one of the hardest parts. So if you're there and you've done that 
successfully following process, then kudos to you. Great. But now the next step is not get your lending in line right away. You need to be able to provide your lender with information on which they can make a decision whether or not to lend to you. So just make sure that you um, exactly that trust but trust verify but right verify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there go. so yeah trust but verify make sure that you know whatever you based your information on when you got the contract is accurate and then go out and show your lenders hey i've done all this work i'm ready for lending and if you are properly structured and well prepared not only are you going to have one lender interested, you're probably going to have three, four, maybe 10 lenders interested and they can actually bid on your deal and that'll help you bring your terms to become more attractive. And that's what the skill sets that we teach are for. You're building a case for someone to be able to, it's an irrefutable case to lend. And that's what underwriting is, is you're creating, here's the deal, here's the value, here's the cash flow, here's what it's done, here's what it's going to do, here's the opportunity, here's how much money is needed to make it even better. And if someone that is in the business sees it, they go, this is the best deal I've seen in a long time. And they lend. And as my community grows, as more of you are joining the tribe, it attracts more and more money. Because if you know how budgets work, you have a certain amount of money that's allocated. And if it's not used, that budget's cut back. And if it's allocated and all used and the returns are fantastic, they want to allocate more money and more money and more money. So the more successful you are, the more money we all have access to. Just how it works. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. But when you use it, you get more of it. And my desire, my passion is to really help every single one of you get as many assets as possible. That cash flow, this is important. This is not for your own personal residence. This is for cash flowing investments that make more cash flow than the loan cost. Just that simple. And you make the spread. So as long as you're making a lot of spreads, you're going to make a lot of money. And as long as you're keeping your promises to the lenders, you're going to be fine. And even if you don't keep your promises to the lenders, you're still going to be fine as long as you follow the steps and, the, and use the skill sets that are available if and when you use them. So hopefully that was helpful. Appreciate you too. And if you have any questions about asset-based lending, don't ask me for a phone number. You're never going to get it. I'm not going to give someone that doesn't know what they're doing. It's like asking a fox to go into the hornet, you know, into the hen house. It's not going to happen. You're going to destroy everything that we've built for a very long time by asking dumbass questions. They're going to ask you where you got the number. You're going to say my name and then I'm fucked. So no thanks. And uh, yeah, so delighted to help you. And obviously the numbers dictate the no brainer that it is. And if anyone understands making 10% versus 40%, I think you'll understand that this is really great shit. Appreciate you both. Thank you, listener. Have yourselves a great day. And of course, like us, love us, share us. Tell all your frenemies about it because asset-based lending is something that a lot of people don't know about. And if you harness it, it's a real path to financial freedom. And that's exactly what we want for you. Have a great day, guys. Bye for now. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.